How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Decisions Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Short, and joining me, usually, Andrew Wilder. Hello, hello. So we are wrapping up week two. It is Tuesday, the 22nd of September. We've wrapped up week two, and we're moving into week three. Now, this show, we're going to talk about something that I know everybody mostly is dealing with with their Dynasty rosters this week, is injuries. Andrew, did you lose some uh, some soldiers this week? Oh, I mean, I feel like if you didn't lose some soldiers, you're not really playing Dynasty. The list was extensive, man. Um, Garoppolo went down in one of my leagues, and then Drew Locke left me with a hot negative 1.5 and then left the game. <laughs> yeah, it was rough, man. I mean, this was probably one of the more impactful weeks of uh, fantasy football I can remember in a long time. I mean, you're talking about Saquon Barkley, season ender. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, so that's RB1 and 2, down. You've got Devontae Adams with a hamstring that as of today is uncertain um, going forward. I mean, you just got injuries. You got Cortland Sutton out for the season, Michael Thomas with a high ankle sprain. I mean, just a super, super rough week uh, for fantasy owners. And so we wanted to do a show about things you can do to react to injuries on your dynasty squad uh, strategy and also give you guys some names on the waiver wire and um, opportunities to trade for as far as how injuries might be shaking up your league. Um, so, you know, before we go into some names, I want to talk a little bit about handling injuries on your dynasty squad, Andrew. I know uh, you and I were talking about this earlier today when you were kind of going through your rosters with me and talking mm-hmm. about some injuries. And you know, this is as much a strategy thing as it is anything else. And and one thing I always urge guys to do with injuries is, first of all, it is like being struck by lightning in a sense. Uh, you definitely have your injury-prone, air quotes there, players, uh, some guys that seem to get be injured more than others, and that uh-huh. absolutely does happen. But you can also have uh, players who've never really had much injury issues go down and suddenly they're out. Um, Sometimes it can be for a couple games. Sometimes they could kind of play through it like Kamara last last season, but not really be the same. Um, Other times they could be out for the season. Um, Obviously, these things all kind of affect you in different ways, but I always urge owners to remind themselves that injuries happen. They happen to pretty much everybody throughout the season. You might get hit hard one week, but the next week somebody that didn't get hit might be hit the next week. And so as far as your attitude approaching it, you have to just remind yourself that injuries are a part of the game uh, and adapting to the situation is, is just as much important, uh, an important part of being a good dynasty owner. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And you have to, you have to keep in mind too, like you said, it's like being struck like by lightning. I mean, no one's going to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. Those players who come into the league are, are almost non-existent, you know, like they're going to yeah. have some sort of nagging injury. I mean, it's a, fast violent game so you just kind of have to plan a little bit ahead of time like if you have someone who's injury prone you know say a dalvin cook you know you want to make sure that you get an alexander madison to replace it you know so your lineup's not sitting there being top heavy you want to make sure that your 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 bench is there and deep and can you know you're planning for this you know you don't want to be behind the curve when it comes to this kind of stuff and and that's where something too in off season when you're looking at your starting lineup and kind of envisioning who you're you know, your producers are going to be, it's reminding yourself that, you know, injuries can totally change who ends up being relevant and in your starting lineup. And that's where like building up a good bench is 
important. So those days, those weeks that you have guys go down and, and you need guys to step in, you're, you're ready to do so for sure. And I think something else to think about too is this is a, you know, anytime you have an injury to your squad, especially if it's a significant uh, producer, asking yourself, what do you envision your team this year, this season? As in, are you a contender? Are you rebuilding? Are you middle of the pack? Where are you? And then when you have an injury, how does the injury affect your team's outlook and goal kind of, right? Um, when, you're, when you're talking about like an injury like the Saquon Barkley, that can totally change the trajectory of your team. And something we're going to talk a little bit about uh, also is like trading in and out of injury. And like, when do you like, you know, if you have, if you are a Saquon owner, if he goes down for the season, does that put you in a rebuilding year or do you try to trade to a rebuilding team uh-huh. and get now producers because the rest of your roster is contend now? Um, so that's also something to think about. And uh, we'll, we can just talk about that now instead of going into, uh, I want to talk about waivers a little bit later, but you know, as far as like, so Andrew, when do you when you see a player go down? Um, do you like? I've always find that depending on the injury and the player and where you are, it's a decent buy window a lot of time on the player. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I mean, <laughs> whenever someone's not playing, their price is never going to be lower. You know, yeah, people the old always out of sight, out of mind thing, too. right? And, and we talk about recency bias on it too. You know, what have you mm-hmm. done for me lately? I mean, this dude's been sitting on my bench for six weeks. I'm trying to contend. I'm trying to win a championship here, and you know, all you're doing is roster clogging me. So I'm going to get what I can for you and get rid of him, you know? Absolutely. That, 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 it could be a trap, but, you know, it could be a great opportunity for, you know, people who are looking to buy extremely low on some some highlight names like, you know, Saquon Barkley could be one of those right now. Oh, for sure. And I, and it's always worth when you're when you're thinking about trading into an injury, looking at the injury and and doing some research to see how the player's progressing what might be the recovery speed, these kind of things. And of, of course, what kind of injury it is. Cause like, you know, we're seeing a ton of these hamstring issues pop up this season and a guy might miss a couple weeks with a hamstring that all of a sudden you've created an excellent like mid season buy window on a player that is going to start producing. Like Mike Evans is a good example of this, where he started mm-hmm. the first absolutely first week, wasn't very effective, was dealing with a hamstring issue and was having this hamstring issue last season and to start this year. So he's been a great buy low. Uh, I've been, that's been something I've been kind of, I've been talking a lot about is the Mike Evans buy low window. And then this last week he went off, I had a great week. So, you know, that's a, uh, that's a great example of like a guy that kind of people just fade him because he's not out there. And then next thing you know, once he gets back to full health, I mean, he had a 20, a 20 point game this past week. So, right. But I mean, you have to keep that in mind too. Whenever you're trying to buy uh, players like that, even if they have a, a poor showing or the, the big one that I'm trying to warn people from is like, if they go from Monday night and they show up or they play on Monday night and they show up on the injury report on Wednesday and they're not a rookie, odds are they're just getting a maintenance date. That's not a buy low window. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it all depends on the owner. I mean, I always think it's worth, uh, you know, if you, if somebody starts popping up on the injury report and you are confident in, you know, it not being a serious thing, it's a great opportunity to jump in on them and, and, and get them. But let's talk a little bit about trading out of an injury, Andrew. So let's say okay. you're not looking to buy low. Let's say you're competing. Let's say your team is, is just loaded, okay, uh-huh. and Saquon Barkley goes down for the year. 
and you've decided that you're going to trade out of Saquon to maintain the competition, which, by the way, I would say this. If you have a real opportunity to win and cont and contend and compete, it's hard, even if you're trading away Saquon, if you're getting decent value back, I would say it's worth it because it's harder to get a win uh, in, to me in, in Dynasty than it is you know, to, to just hold on to your guy that's going to sit on IR um, right. all, all year. So like for me, if I'm looking to trade out of an injury, what I would do is either the best way to go about it is to find a rebuilding team that has like that one guy that you don't mind kind of uh, trading laterally for. So let's say if you're the Saquon Bar Barkley owner and you you can get a guy with Kamara that's rebuilding, just say, look, I'll give Barkley to you for Kamara and a, and a piece or two. And, you know, for the most part, it's a pretty lateral move. You probably actually would would score more points this year anyway um, with that move. And now so, and you're still competing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly right, too. And I mean, it never hurts to offer a little draft capital, too, for those rebuilding teams either. Yeah, exactly. Be the, the, the little kicker piece that they're they're trying to get in for some of their younger commodities as well, or older Yeah, your picks are way more valuable to them than they are to you at that point, and mm -hmm. go ahead and, and use those. But I think the most important thing to talk about when you're talking about trading into an injury, like buying Cortland Sutton right now, uh, buying Debo Samuel still is another name that I would throw out there as, as a guy to buy. George Kittle um, now has a little Christian McCaffrey. All these guys, Michael Thomas. I mean, the list goes on and on. All these guys are guys that are entering a buy low window. I think it's smart to at least check the price, see what the see what the price is, see if you can kind of get these guys for a discount. And then if you're talking about trading out of injury, the biggest thing to remind yourself is that this player is a stud. Uh, don't take too little um, for him. But, you know, I, I think sometimes you can find a guy who thinks he's buying low on your injury and you actually get what you would take anyway. And so it works out for both guys. So uh -huh. trading into and out of injury, always use that as a catalyst to look into deals. And uh, especially if you're a rebuilding team, picking up those guys that are going to miss significant time is always a nice little way to get a, a stud uh, established producer at a discount. For sure. So um, let's go ahead and talk about some waiver wire priorities for this week, Andrew. Uh, and some of this is going to be injury stuff. Some of this is just guys that have looked good. Um, so the first guy is going to be a tight end. So for tight end premium leagues, this is an excellent opportunity. A couple tight ends on our list, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple tight ends on here, really. And the first one I want to talk about is my favorite one, who's going to be Drew Sample. Uh, CJ Azuma went down with an Achilles uh, injury this past week. He is out for the season. Although Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense, I found, looked really nice for fantasy purposes. They threw Joe Burrow threw the ball like 63 times or something. 61. The record 63. Ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. So 61 attempts, insane. And I'm pretty sure Sample got a he lot. He got a of, couple of them. Yeah. Oh, he got he more than a couple. I'm pulling it up right now. He had nine yeah. targets. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's, he's a good piece, man. And even back at LSU, too. I mean, you think of whenever he was there with Thaddeus Moss, like a lot of people were sleeping on how many targets that guy got a game, too. But I don't think it was close to nine. But I mean, he was still used very, very much in their passing game. I was saying Thaddeus, Thaddeus Moss sometimes. Oh, oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were talking about. No, Drew Sample <laughs> no. last week had nine. And Drew Sample has um, always been kind of like that sleeper too. You know, he he's he has talent coming out of um, 
coming out of college, some people were talking about him having a potential breakout year, but then Uzama kind of stepped up and took over the role that some people thought that Drew Sample was going to have this year. And what I really like about Sample is he's a good check down uh, kind of dink and dunk option for Joe Burrow with how bad that line is. Joe Burrow's going to be throwing the ball short a lot. He's going mm-hmm. to be having to make those little, you know, and, and he's very good at doing that. He's very good at, at taking what's given kind of thing. Like if the routes aren't there, he just takes that little four or five yard pass. And that's going to be Drew Sample's game. I wish it was Joe Mixon's game more, but yeah, it's going to be about it. <laughs> it's going to be Drew Sample's game. And so for a waiver wire tight end, you know, nine targets, that's excellent. So that's, I'm all especially about- if you're streaming to and redraft too. I know we talk about dynasty as well, but I mean, I like to touch on redraft every now and again. I mean, that's a good streaming option. You know, a lot of people stream quarterbacks and tight ends. Drew Sample would be, you know, a weekly and he's stream. Playing- He's playing Philadelphia next week, which just allowed Tyler Higby to score three touchdowns. They have not looked good against tight ends, so I would be uh, all for getting Drew Sample mm-hmm. this waiver and, period. And not sure. to mention that the Bengals are probably going to play from behind quite a bit this year, too. Yeah, Joe Burrow is going to be throwing the ball a lot. So Gunslinger. Drew Sample, for sure. The next tight end, again, we're going to talk about is old Mo Alley-Cox. It's a big and, old boy. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've always kind of, I've always liked the guy. I was really excited to see uh, him get out there, and you know, Philip Rivers basically just peppering him uh, out there, and it was uh, it was interesting. You know, I was they had some interesting plays, like a tight end screen a couple times they ran, and I mean, he had 111 yards. On six, yeah, six on targets, six targets. Hyper, hyper efficient on that too. Now, do I think that he's going to be hyper efficient at 20 yards a catch? Probably not. But no. you also have to remember that Trey Burton is still on IR or he comes back from IR. No, I'm not yeah, sure. Three weeks. But- he should be coming back soon because it's a three week activation. Um, But you have to think that he probably is still not quite 100% there ready to take on the snaps right there opposite of Jack Doyle. So Mo Ali Cox would be another guy who you could, you could pick off off the waiver wire to kind of fill your need for a tight end because, you know, oh, for sure. if, you, if you don't have like those top, you know, six, seven, eight guys, then you're kind of behind the curve on it. He's going to have I think at least one more week of strong production. I think. He's got the, he's got the volume, you know, I think yeah. that he can do it there, especially with Paris Campbell going down on, uh, on IR as well. So that opens up another. Yeah, that's true. Plot. That's we're going to talk about that a, a little bit more too in a little bit uh because that's a good another excellent point. Um mm-hmm. so the next guy I want to talk about is San Francisco running back Jeffrey Wilson. So Jeff Wilson Jr. That's an interesting situation cuz you have Raheem and Tevin Coleman go down both with knee injuries I think actually. And, uh, you know, so we've got Jarek McKinnon up and then Jeffrey Wilson's kind of the next running back to uh, that's going to take the snaps. And, you know, this is a deep waiver pickup, uh, but I do think we've seen time and time again, Kyle Shanahan manages to get production out of his running backs, no matter who he has out there. And so if I am looking for just a little bit of a boost, a guy that's probably going to have a couple weeks at least of, of solid production. It's Jeffrey Wilson, and I, I'm going ahead and grabbing that off the waiver wire. Yeah, I mean, it's funny you talk about that, too, because I did cut him preseason, you know, because he was buried in that depth oh, chart. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the kind of thing. People. Yep. Uh, another one I'm just going to touch on and mention real quick. He might be rostered because he is rostered in a bunch of leagues, but Jamichael Hasty, as well, a rookie uh, out of Baylor. 
Uh, If he is on the waiver wire, I would go ahead and grab it. I'm pretty sure he's on the practice squad still. Yeah. I was about to ask if he got activated yet. He's still on the practice squad, but it's worth grabbing. If uh, Tevin Coleman or Raheem end up missing significant time, I could see Hasty getting some uh, some love there. So go ahead and grab him if you can. Yeah. How about um, those uh how about those Jarek McKinnon truthers right now? But they feel pretty good about themselves. Well, it's gonna be interesting to see the production that comes out of him. Uh he might just look great. He looked pretty good in that last game. He's not he's, bad. He's an athlete, so I'm all for grabbing him, but obviously he's probably he should be rostered in every every league Absolutely. as it is. For sure, for sure. So last on the list we want to talk about is Keelan Cole, uh actually with Jacksonville. And this is a surprise to a lot of people. I mean the LaVisca Chenault and DJ Tark was kind of the talk. And we all knew those guys were going to be productive with Gardner Minshew throwing the ball a lot. Jaguars playing from behind a lot, even though the entire Jaguars offense has been a surprise to me. But uh, Keelan Cole has had five targets and now seven targets <laughs> and been pretty damn good on them too. With you're looking at 9.4 and then 9.7 yards per catch both games and a touchdown each game. And it looks like Gardner Minshew likes throwing to him. He trusts him, and he's using them quite a bit, and he gets the red zone looks. So I'm all for uh, picking up Keelan Cole as kind of – I actually slotted him in, and, and he helped me win a week in, in one of my leagues this week because I've had, had some uh, wide receiver injuries with Cortland Sutton and uh, Jameson Crowder going down and stuff. So it's been – you know, Keelan Cole's not a bad little slot into the flex, slot into the wide receiver three spot and get some production out of him. Mm-hmm. No, I'm right there with you too. And I mean, that I think all of the wide receivers for Jacksonville right now are kind of maybe not feasting, but they're they're getting their share, you know, too. A yeah, lot of Gardner's people are spreading seeing, the ball around. Yeah, Chris Conley, even, you know, that guy mm-hmm. is like a, like a nobody to a bunch of people. And even he's, you know, seeing seven targets last week. And then Keelan Cole, he's he's been a sleeper. I think a lot of people sleep on him due to his, you know, his age. He's only, this is his fourth year in the league and he's 27. So, kind of that late age coming in as a rookie, you know, kind of turns people off on trying to pick him up coming out of college. But yeah, yeah. That offense and, looks I, mean, good, he, I mean, he spent three seasons pretty much irrelevant in Jacksonville too. I mean, highest finish he ever saw was right at wide receiver 49 uh, in 2017. So, I mm-hmm. mean, the guy is pretty, uh, pretty irrelevant, but I agree. I mean, I, you know, and I will take the time to say any DJ Chark owners that are a little bit concerned because he's had a couple, you know, he scored 12 and a half points, both games, which is not bad. Uh, you'd, you'd hope to see better there, but it's not bad. I mean, the reason is he's just not getting the targets he was seeing last. I think that's I mean, just had... his floor, man. You know, like, I think that's the lowest points you'll see him score Oh, for all sure. Year, well, he's ne- he only saw four or less targets in one game last year, and he's seen four or less in both games so far this year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's just kind of where it is uh he'll get some more deep balls of course and and he's looked good when he's gotten the football he's he got a touchdown week one and then week two didn't get a touchdown but had four nice catches on four targets for 84 yards so i'm still in on dj chark i just think Gardner's spreading the ball around a little bit more it gives opportunity for guys like keelan cole to kind of have a little bit of relevance there which is interesting and keelan cole also on a waiver pickup a lot of these guys we're talking about have relevance because of injury and so they're kind of guys, but Keelan Cole is not this. This is not an injury that's making him relevant. It's just this is Gardner just him Minshew. proving it. Yeah. yeah, it's just Gardner Minshew making more people on that offense viable, and Keelan Cole being one of those guys. So 
I'm all for the pickup there. That actually might be a, a season long, uh, you know, guy that can give you some assistance. And, and that's always nice. If you can get that off the waiver wire in dynasty, that's pretty huge. So, yeah. I mean, anytime you get someone off the waiver wire, I mean, you, a lot of leagues reset on their FAB. So you're essentially throwing, you know, house money at a player who could win you a championship, you know? Exactly. So last, I want to talk about going back to the injury conversation and talking about trading in and out of injury. So we talked about how you can deal with an injury on your roster or if you have a target that you like that gets injured on somebody else's roster, how you can make a play on those guys for a buy-low situation. But the other thing we want to talk about here is injury-creating opportunity. And so this is players on rosters that because of injury, we're going to see an uptick in value. And reacting to that kind of thing as a dynasty owner is extremely important to getting good value. And so these are going to be some guys that we like going forward because of the injury uh, injuries sustained to offenses on their team. So the first couple we're going to talk about is a couple of Denver Broncos. And this is going to be due to the Cortland Sutton injury. I'm actually going to add a third in here while we're talking about this, Andrew, because pretty much the whole offense is going to benefit from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the first one I want to talk about is kind of the least talked about guy um, of these guys, and that's going to be K.J. Hamler. So K.J. Hamler was a, a rookie this year. He came out of Penn State. Absolute speed demon, this guy is. He's only 176 pounds, five foot nine, but he's fast as hell. And he came out where he's been dealing with a hamstring all offseason, but he, he suited up and he started or he played uh, this last week and he had seven targets only three receptions but seven targets is pretty nice and this is a guy that's kind of like a big play waiting to happen and obviously everybody is the next guy we're going to talk about is the obvious answer is jerry judy everybody's talking about jerry judy uh being the benefactor of this Cortland sutton injury but the kj hamler show is about to get going and i think he's a lot cheaper to get still right now and he should see an uptick as a rookie right now because mm-hmm. of the Cortland Sutton injury. Uh, and also and the, the Drew, and the Lock Drew Lock injury. injury. That's yep. completely... Okay. <laughs> no, no, you can... We were, I, I mean, no, we, were, so we were on the same page there. No, that's what I was saying. Is like the Drew Lock injury has opened the door for a lot of people too. I mean, even today, you know, probably eight or so hours ago, they announced that they signed Blake Bortles to a one-year deal. And yep. I mean, you're going to get the question in Superflex leagues and two quarterback leagues, like, who do I go after? You know, Jeff Driscoll or Blake Bortles? I roster Jeff Driscoll, you know, because he has the two-year deal right now. But, I mean, if they felt uncomfortable with it's him. It's probably I mean, worth rostering both, really. It is, it's too, you know. And, you know, with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing going down, too. So, um, they they have his backup going into uh, Mullins, I think it is. And then, yeah. um, anyway, we're getting off topic, sorry. Um, I, I think You're getting off topic. I am getting off topic. Thank you for steering <laughs> me back. <laughs> um. I think the KJ Hamler is like exactly what you said. You know, I mean, he's this is a guy that you could buy probably for a third round pick. You know, no one's really opened their eyes to him just yet, but I think he. Yeah, I would go out and grab him. I would go out and grab him. I like the profile. Uh, He actually had like a good amount of air yards uh, this past week too, which basically means if the if the balls would have been caught, you know, penalties, stuff like this, uh, the amount of air yards that he potentially had was quite a bit. So. I like KJ Hamler. Uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is the obvious benefactor of this, and that's going to be Jerry Judy. Um, I like what I've seen so far with Jerry Judy. He's had eight targets and seven targets, both weeks with four receptions. Um, he's had some drop issues, which 
it's not shouldn't be surprising to anybody that saw him in Alabama because he did that in Alabama. However, Jerry Judy is an elite route runner, as we know. Uh, he should. He's got a tremendous draft capital. The Broncos drafted him to be a significant part of that offense, and now he's pretty much being asked to shoulder uh, the, the the large portion of that passing attack. And so I'm all in. I think this is a great opportunity for Jerry Judy to kind of cement himself as a mm-hmm. top rookie wide receiver here and really kind of show what he can do. So if I'm a Jerry Judy owner, I'm excited. You're really going to get to see what this guy's about this season. And and we're going to get to see what he looks like really early on here. I mean, he's got now a pretty damn good situation as far as a rookie wide receiver. I mean, probably probably the best he could have. You know, people were talking about his competition over there. You know, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon. You know, now he's gotten rid of pretty much. I didn't say gotten rid of. You know, it's not like he laid out a hit on the guy. You know, but yeah, now Cortland that Sutton's his, out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's well, out. That was so now he's carving a role for him. Spot. Yep. Right. And then now, you know, people are like, oh, well, C.D. Lamb was better. Well, C.D. Lamb still has to compete with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Michael Ezekiel Gallup. Elliott, you yep. know, and now Jerry Judy has the role to potentially be the rookie wide receiver one coming out of this draft class. Yeah, with the, with the Sutton injury and out for the season, there is a chance that if Jerry Judy, this is going to be a, a very kind of prove it year for me uh, as far as what he can do um, with kind of the full i mean he it's it's all him it's going to be him and noah fan a lot i think now the only negative here obviously is drew lock's going to be down and we have jeff driscoll or blake bortles as the quarterback for him mm-hmm. i think you know what we're going to see how he does uh there and it'll be interesting um real quick we'll touch driscoll on looked good by the way besides yeah driscoll he looked great good. in the second yeah, half I agree. I, and i was so just I'm reading not, on the go ahead sorry I'm not overly fretting the the lock injury as a junior. No, player. I'm not yeah. either. And just going back to that, which one you want to waiver too? I just was looking at their depth chart. They had Brett Ripien out of uh, Boise State, and they didn't even like they cut him. You know, so it looks like that Bortles could be just a depth piece, just in case something happens to Jeff Driscoll. They only had him on the on the depth chart, so just to throw that back that way. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Noah Fant, obviously, uh, we all know Noah Fant is a elite young tight end for the age he's at right now. And now he's going to have even more targets his way. So um, I'm really interested to see Fant. They, he looked great in that first game, uh, the first half of the first game, and then they just mm-hmm. stopped using it. So. That's what I, the, the main thing I was going to talk about him is now with Cortland Sutton gone, you know, now we're really going to see how he performs being keyed on. You know, like people, yeah. people recognize his talent now, and now we're really going to see how yeah, he's well, going to create Denver, opportunities for himself. Denver would be smart to utilize Fant as much as they can now because they don't really have, I mean, they have him and Judy are going to be their main pass. Mm-hmm. And then Hamler, I think, will do do well as a deep threat. He's, um, he's a good any, field stretcher. Exactly. So another name, injury-creating opportunity. This one's a little bit different than your thought process might go to, but this is due to the Christian McCaffrey injury. Now, Mike Davis is the quote-unquote handcuffed Christian McCaffrey, but I'm actually going out and saying Curtis Samuel is going to be the guy that's going to receive the most uptick because of Christian McCaffrey's injury. The reason why I'm saying this is a couple things. One, Curtis Samuel is already a great uh, yard-after-catch guy. He's already really good at that. Also, Matt Rule and Joe Brady have come out and said that they plan to and like using uh, Curtis Samuel as a running back. We already have seen that a little bit this year, and I think we're just going to see a lot more of it now with Christian McCaffrey uh, out. Mike Davis is not uh, nearly the athlete that Curtis Samuel is. 
And so no, I think I that I think the coaches plan to use Curtis Samuel a little bit unconventionally in the running back position and also lining him up doing those those short routes that Christian McCaffrey was doing so much of and always has. And we're going to see a lot more from Curtis Samuel. So I actually think he is kind of another like everybody's going to be wanting Mike Davis, but I think Curtis Samuel is the guy to go by. And people are kind of soured on Curtis Samuel, so he's the one to go by with Christian McCaffrey going down. Oh yeah, people are a little burned on him after last year. You know, like he was just inconsistent week after week. You know, he would get you a couple big weeks and then you know lays a turd on the field. Yeah, you know, well he's so he's been so hyped up as an amazing prospect for so long, and, and mm-hmm. kind of like a Corey Davis situation here. Right, and um, you know, here we are. He's got opportunity now, and I, I'm all in. You can get him at a cheap price, so I think he's a good buy. Right. No, I'm I'm right there with you too. I mean, I still think that Mike Davis would be, you know, worth like the waiver wire pickup too. Um, a lot oh, of people for sure. were thinking Reggie, Reggie Bonifant would have been there too. I mean, a lot of places they don't they're not rostering Mike Davis, you know, even though he is a valuable handcuff over there. But I just think that this leads to Teddy Bridgewater throwing the ball a little bit more, and not only Curtis Samuel getting the uptick, but I think the Carolina receivers, you know, receiving core gets a little bit of uptick from this as well, you know, oh, because sure. they're not they're relying to... strictly on him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, DJ Moore is, is going to see more targets as he should. He's, he's their playmaker. Him and McCaffrey were the guys. So now they're going yeah, we'll to have to see if, more on we'll him. see if Ian Thomas decides to show his face, you know, who has been Maybe very, very day. quiet these past, uh, past two weeks. So another name, uh, we touched on it a little bit, but with San Francisco having uh, the copious amounts of injuries is going to be, we'll, we'll talk, let's talk about all the San Francisco guys I've got on the list real quick. First okay. of all, Jarek McKinnon, uh, you know, running back that's now going to be looking at possible workload. We always have injury concerns with this guy, but he is an absolute electric athlete when he's healthy. Uh, he looked pretty good in that game last week um, in the short amount that we saw him. Uh, he's kind of looked good. He's looked good both games this season, really. He's put up solid numbers, and mm-hmm. I'm looking to see some – with the volume now, he has the opportunity to look to do really well for the next few weeks at least. So Jarek McKinnon, who's kind of an obvious name to go out and grab, um, I'm in on him. The other two names I want to talk about is Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, actually. Brandon Ayuk is the only healthy option right now uh, on the receiving core with Kittle out, Debo out as well. Uh, and I like him as a rookie. Uh, don't look for too much production right out the gate, but he's got the situation. If he can make it happen as a rookie, uh, you're going to see some uptick for sure. He's kind of had a slow start, was dealing with the hamstring, so decent buy to, to rip right off. And the other guy I want to talk about is Debo. And I have Debo on here, opportunity opening up from injury, because if, this is an if condition here, if George Kittle continues to miss time with a sprained knee, Debo Samuel's probably going to come back before him. And suddenly Debo Samuel, we saw how they used him last year, is going to be a great PPR option um, if if George Kittle stays unhealthy when Debo gets back. Um, it, looked, it, it sounded like Debo was pretty close to week one, and then they decided to throw him on IR. So if, if Kittle's not back for week four when Debo is planned to return, he's going to be a great buy low still. He's been a good buy low all offseason because he's been injured all offseason. So I think Debo's right. not a bad pickup as well. 
they're saying Kittle's trending toward a week three return too, but okay. I know as a George Kittle owner too, like a bunch of people are like, let's not rush this, you know, take your time, buddy. Like I want you to well, be 100% healthy before you come back, you know? Yeah. The, the Debo's a little bit more, less obvious for sure. But if Kittle continues to miss time or deals with injury, I, I think Debo's a great buy low off, off his injury issues. Uh, his, his window's still there for buying low on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people have, you know, almost, I wouldn't say forgotten about him, but I mean, he hasn't played. Everyone was excited for him to play week one, and then they decided to throw him on IR, just like you said. And yep. then now he's kind of a forgotten commodity whenever, you know, he was he was really, really good last year. I mean, wide receiver 32 was, the, you know, a high-end wide receiver three. Yeah, as a rookie. So, as a yeah, rookie and a, and a run-first offense. So, yep, you know, exactly. we'll, we'll see. Keep him on your radar still. Don't forget about him. Remember that guy that everyone was so excited about last year. Exactly. And then these last two guys I want to talk about as far as injury-creating opportunity here is two older guys that I think because of some injuries to their offense might see a little bit more love. The first guy I want to talk about is T.Y. Hilton. Uh, T.Y.'s gotten targeted a decent amount from Philip Rivers. I mean, week one, we had nine targets, which is mm-hmm. a, a great. Uh, week two with five, so obviously not as good. But really what we all saw was the Paris Campbell um, ascension of Paris Campbell coming out and becoming the guy. Uh, he's gone down, obviously, and everybody's scrambling. I'm already seeing it everywhere. Michael Pittman season, Michael Pittman season, Michael Pittman season. Uh, Michael Pittman obviously is going to get enough. But sometimes what I like to do for you guys is give you all a – less obvious answer to a problem so you can acquire for value. And T.Y. Hilton, if you're a contender, is a great option there. Uh, disappointing the first two weeks, obviously, but now with Paris Campbell going down, the Colts need T.Y. Hilton to kind of step up and, and, and do what he's you know, supposed to do, really, more or less. And I think if you're a contender for the second half of this season, I mean, because I think Paris Campbell's going to be out for the season is is kind of what we're seeing. Uh, I think T.Y. Hilton's a great buy low right now, especially if you have a team that doesn't feel good about their contention status. Right. And I mean, another another person who like uh, a lot of people sleep on too is Zach Pascal, too. I know you're talking about T.Y. And I mean, I like T.Y. too. You know, I think he's he's going to be a, a probably the primary benefactor out of out of the Paris Campbell there, too. But you can't shy away from Zach Pascal going to take over in that slot there. You know, he had a touchdown last week. He's been pretty efficient with his targets. So, but that that's just my two cents out of, out of that offense. I think Zach Pascal I agree. Yeah, because be I think everybody, option. everybody's looking for that Michael Pittman play and wants Michael Pittman uh, because he's a rookie and now Paris Campbell going down. It's like, okay, but I, I agree. <laughs> kind of go for the less obvious uh, value plays. I mean, Zach Pascal, you could probably get him. For, for nothing, nothing for a virtual third. you nothing. could probably honestly get ty yeah. hilton for like a third from the right guy anyway if you were a contender just throw a third yeah. or a second third for and, name value you know maybe potentially. yeah i mean a late second for ty hilton if i'm competing i'm all about it so yeah especially um, now too exactly so i think that's a good one and then last but not least uh, a guy that looked excellent week one actually and will continue to get the targets is going to be Corey davis over there in Tennessee, the old huh? long and forgotten man that was supposed to be everything <laughs> and ended up being nothing, but now is kind of something. For for uh, four years, he was nothing. Now, yeah, yes. like you said, now he's now he's becoming Mister Relevant. So Corey Davis is a great buy right now for me in that his name is absolutely tainted in the fantasy and dynasty community as being one of the biggest flops 
uh, in recent history. And everybody is just anybody who owns Corey Davis. It's like a meme almost. And, you know, with AJ Brown going down, the time to do this really was, was right after last week. I was about to say last week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you still might be able to get good value. Uh, Corey Davis has the chance of easily putting up wide receiver two numbers this year. If AJ Brown continues to miss significant time. And in my opinion, now that AJ Brown is pulling primary coverage when he's on the field, Corey Davis still has a great shot at putting up wide receiver two numbers. No, I'm, I'm right on the road with you on that too. I mean, the the guy is, you know, he was he was a highly touted prospect coming out of Western Michigan there too. And I mean, he's getting the targets that he needs. And, and the thing is, he's being efficient with his targets, you know, 12 yards per catch last week and a touchdown too. You know, he only got five yep. targets against Jacksonville, but he was able to go out and score, which, you know, Getting kept him zone. relevant, you know, and then the week and then before week one, a hundred yards. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. crazy. Yeah. Against yep. the Denver defense, you know, that secondary is like, gets paid. They got injured you know? that game. Yeah. Yep, that yep. game, but they, they, they were high. They, they were in there, you know, game for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it, that game, they were at full strength more or less. It, it, Johnu season over there too in Tennessee. You know he showed. Yeah, that's another good buy actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's actually a great point. Johnu is is. I think I I wouldn't be surprised depending on the severity of AJ Brown's injuries. I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Davis finishes over AJ Brown this year if it keeps trending this way. If AJ Brown yeah. stays injured. But- Bone bruises are a weird injury, you know. Like I've I've read up a little bit on them just because I own AJ Brown in so many leagues. Um, <laughs> I know it hurts you when I say Corey it Davis, does, Mike. but that's no, that's it's it's fine. You know, I mean that's dynasty, dude. It's it's just the way it goes. You know, way way of the road they say. Um, but AJ Brown uh, with the bone bruise, you know, that could take months to heal. Yeah, you, know, you never you're saying know. that it's you years to where he could, you know, potentially be back to where he was. And anyone who watched week one knew that that wasn't the AJ Brown that they saw last year, but yeah. also could be a potential by low window for him there too. You know, um, for sure. For if sure. people are looking into that, but Johnny oh, Smith, for sure. man, You're right that's about my that. thing. Mm-hmm. I agree with, uh, AJ, with the AJ Brown by low. And then I definitely, I love the point about Jonu. I, I should have put that in the notes. He's getting, Major use, and and I think Corey Davis and Janu, even when AJ Brown comes back, are actually good buys right now because the offense is getting so, or the defense is keying in so much on AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, one of the two. These guys are the benefactors of that for sure. Absolutely, so, and Janu's actually tied in number three through week two. Just and like a lot of people figured that this would be his breakout year, and I guess people are right. You know, this is fourth year, well, so they used him. him. I like how they used him in in the in the attack last week so i agree johnny looks great and i don't know if he'll maintain what we've seen the first two weeks i mean he scored three touchdowns in two weeks and i don't you know, i don't think we're gonna see that at all i think this no, the touchdown regression still, is there but his targets are still gonna be you know a good yeah, four, targets in two weeks yeah especially in tight end premium i mean the guy's just he, he's just yep. a, he's just an all-around good athlete and a good buy yep. right now yeah, I would go in and buy if some guy's trying to sell off the hype and doesn't believe there. I, I think he's going to maintain relevancy for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, I'd go in on it. But that about wraps it up. Uh, once again, we know this week two was an absolute just bear for everybody. Uh, we are thinking about you and we feel for you because we got hit too with the injuries. And, true, true. You know, part of Dynasty is reacting and adapting to the situation. It's always changing. And so these are things that as an owner, that's kind of the reality of dynasty uh, fantasy football is, is learning how to deal with the injuries. But I hope that our strategies and our words of wisdom help you get through 
such a rough week. Remind yourself it is just one week. Um, unless your guy went out for the season, then it sucks. <laughs> but <laughs> bummer. <laughs> it happens. And, you know, look for opportunity that arises from these injuries instead of uh just sitting there focusing on the fact that your guy's out. Phoenixes always rise from the ashes. Yeah, there's always something you can there's the the best part about Dynasty is there's always a way out. There's always a plant. And uh I always prefer to look at what can I do with this rather than, oh, I'm screwed. So Mm-hmm. be positive as much as i'm not after two weeks <laughs> <laughs> exactly so yeah guys we appreciate it if you're getting us on spotify make sure you drop a follow if you're getting us on apple podcast please leave us a five-star review we really appreciate it i think that's going to be it for this week we have week three starting with jacksonville at miami that'll be an interesting game of two bad teams hopefully throwing the ball a lot so i'm excited for that yeah get Minshew bombing it everywhere but i think that's it so thank you guys see you next week thank you yeah.